and gentlemen, welcome on back to Fangs Out, brought to you by the Wide World of Wargaming. As always, I am your host, Visit Borgato. Joining me, as per usual, Mr. Drew Bishop Sai. Hello there. And the Dark Lord of the Math, Jeff Wilder. You know, whenever you introduce Drew at this point, I'm like, Drew Bishop Sai, and I expect him to go, ah. Drew, do we want to add, do, do you want to start adding that to the intro, or? I was about to just, I was about to say, they fly now. Yeah. But that God damn it. Too. Now I'm sighing. <laughs> uh, so uh, everyone knows that we do record on uh, normally earlier days of the week, meaning that we sometimes miss out on cool stuff like the revelation of the, say it for everyone one more time, Jeff. Oh, the G-Class shuttle? The G-Class shuttle, everyone. Uh, this is Jeff's learned opinion. I don't speak Greek or Chinese, so I don't know either way what it would be. Jeff is going with G, so that's what we're going to go with on the show. We have access to all of the pilots, as well as the new crew cards that come with it, and two new tech upgrades, which of course mean that two factions are going to get to have all the fun, and the rest of us get to just watch and go, but why? I wish we had tech. Or why? Yeah, why can't we have tech? So, what do we want to do? Do we want to just start with the fact that it's a medium with a decent dial, and that we thought it was going to be a Hux carrier, and now we realize that it can't actually use Hux? I think that is the lead, as they say. It it's a good starting off point, yeah. So, for those who do not know, the uh, this is going to take this is going to make me screw up like five times. The G class shuttle cannot actually use General Hux without also paying the additional six points for a tactical officer, and that is be that is because Hux requires a white coordinate, and the G class shuttle's coordinate action is red. So, for all of us that were hoping that we would be able to run a nice forty, you know, low tooled up maybe high 40s, low 50s Hux caddy with five or six TIE fighters. No. We can go to hell, according to FFG. Yep. yep I yep, mean, yep. it's only an extra six points, right? That's not too much, but, you know, as we talked before, the, the First Order is already paying so much for their chassis that it's really... Right? Well, I mean, the chassis of the of the TIE FOs are excellently priced. Um the first yeah. order doesn't have a bad chassis. I like. Yeah. I would argue they don't have a bad ship. Right. It's right. just that you're going to be paying. You know, if you take if you take tactician, first of all, it's the opportunity cost of a of a good crew. Yeah. Um, and second, it's it's fourteen percentage, fourteen percent depending on cost. You know, we're we're estimating Vince and I were estimating somewhere starting in forty or so. Um, Fourteen percent of the cost of your ship that you're you're immediately adding just to be able to uh, to to bring huts, which you know, I mean. And by the way, are are we assuming? Let's see, are we assuming that it's going to get two crew? So it might not even be an option. Uh, yeah, I I would I I would pretty much two crew is not a big ask anymore. Yeah. Every faction, basically. I think every other faction has one at this point. At least one, right? Uh, well, yeah, wait, Republic does it. Republic does it because it's Republic. The First Order already has one, the Epsilon. So I, I don't think it's a it's an absolute done deal that this thing has to crew. So it may not it may just be flat out impossible. Yeah. Which would be, uh, I, I mean, I, again, we you know we've been talking on this show for God knows how long about trying to get you know, four or five of the named of the named tie FOs and a Hux caddy that we liked. And yeah. because Upsilons with Hux are so expensive, it just isn't possible. Like you just you have no staying power. And, right. and don't get us wrong, it isn't that we're looking for some kind of uh, world beater tournament, you know, ripper list. It's just that it would be kind of fun theoretically to be able to do it. You know, it would be it would be something different for first order. Like it's a different kind of list for them that they don't they don't at all play. Like yeah. first order lists generally are one guy named and between two and five generics. Right. Yep. Right. You certainly sprinkle in your your taste of generic. Yeah. I, I, or you know the occasional Kylo blackout first or uh first order test pilot. Yeah, the mini swarm is not a first order thing. Um, I, I mean, I guess the mini swarm of what uh, tie SFs is a first order thing. Yeah, but quick draw two SFs and two epsilons was a thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Kylo and four was a thing. I guess we're just talking out our ass. Yeah, it's just there's so many tie FOs that you that like would actually work decently well together if they could be double modded. And clearly FFG just doesn't want that to happen with a lot of the crew cards that they're putting out, which when you look at some of them, like you can kind of start to understand. Yeah. Like especially when we get to uh, Commander is it Malaris or Malaris? That's a good question. I don't okay, think I'm going with Malaris. Um when you get to Commander Malaris and what she does for, you know, non-limited ships, you would be worried about five or six TIE Fighters all with two die turning blanks to hits and getting a reroll. I mean, that's that's literally the best of both worlds. Yeah. By the way, just uh, because it's it strikes me as funny, there's you could actually make an argument that it's Malarus. Like Belarus. Sure. So we could. We've got three legitimate options for pronunciation of that one. That's going to be fun. I want to see what I, Ryan does uh, does with it on Fly Better. It'll probably be something like Commander Crycheck. What? I, I'm going with Malaris because I don't. I'm American and we're literate. Um, uh, wow, I, I think you're good, Vince. You can call you call him whatever call him whatever you want, right? Whatever helps you sleep at night. That's what you call him. I'm not going to lose sleep over my pronunciation of a crew card I'm never going to use. So let's, let's you know, <laughs> completely put that to the side. But let's talk about this thing again. Let's run back over its stats. So the basic is an initiative two with a white focus, red target lock, which sucks, a red coordinate, a white jam, which is always cool, but uh, two shield, five hold, two evade, and two red. So it's almost a U-wing, but not quite. A faster U-wing? Uh, it's not... Faster. It's really not... Uh, you know what? It is in that it has three hearts. Right. Yeah, but they're red. I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. it's it's pretty equivalent to a U-wing. Yeah, think. it's very close. It, it, can, it doesn't have the pivot, so we might be, we nope. might be wrong on... We might be uh, pushing the cost too high there, because that pivot's it's, really strong. It's still seven health on two evades, which is, and the by the math that for that FFG is running, it should cost just on that. Uh, I believe it's forty. Just by its stats, it should cost forty-two points. Well, I'm gonna go with, and we talked about it a little bit pre-show, but I'm gonna adjust, yep. um, and I'm gonna say that I'm gonna peg the courier at thirty-seven or thirty-eight points. Yeah, we that yeah. I, I wouldn't disagree with that because because of the white target lock or the the red target lock, you could make an argument for it to be lower. And the yeah. fact that it really, you know, depending on its slots, it may not be as, you know, we're, we're officially, I'm officially moving into, you know, the sky is falling with this thing. Um, there's no guarantee that this is the fix first order is looking for at this point. It just isn't. But is it a step in the right direction though? It kind yeah. of seems like it, right? Like their crew. I mean, the other crew from it are pretty strong, but I think that we're focusing a little too much on Hux trying to get him to work because he does have an amazing ability. But of course, rightfully so, it's only in the Upsilon. But even then, the Upsilons are so good generically, right? Like it's just the list that we are looking for is definitely not in the First Order faction. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, I, I do agree with you, Drew, that, I mean, I think the crew, even here, um, Commander Malarus, 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 um, is a good card. I mean, that's a good card. Any card that lets you, that lets you reroll blank results, that's a, that's a fine card. Yeah. Um, it does have to be a named pilot, though. So that's uh, Commander Malaris. No, non-limited. Uh, Got it backwards, Jeff. Non what a friendly non-limited ship, isn't it? Uh, yes, you're correct. But sorry, you're, you're absolutely right. I had yep. I had a little bit of, of flip-floppery going on. Uh, yes, you're, correct. It has to be generic. I, I did the same thing, Jeff. That's why I was silent. I was like, wait, no, it only works on aces. I was like, oh, wait a minute. No. Nope. Yarp, yarp. It doesn't work yeah. on them. That's good. That's anti-Kylo Ren. So anything, anything that puts fewer Kylos on the board, for the love of God, please. Um, 
When a friendly non-limited ship at range 0 to 1 performs a primary attack, that ship may reroll one blank. If it does and the attack does not hit, you must flip this card. And the backside is, while you perform an attack, if the defender is in your bullseye, you must convert all focuses to hit results and gain a stress. And then if you have two or more stress tokens, suffer one damage. So as soon as you get mm-hmm. one stress token on on the ship carrying Malaris, you actually can't... Like, you, you cannot start taking red actions. Because it means at the uh, end of the engagement, you're going to start taking damage. And you're just going right. to burn yourself down. Yeah, you definitely don't want to do that. Now, the good news is that um, the defender is not often going to be in your bullseye. Um, not at I2, no. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's not... Uh, there is there is no way to flip the card back. So take note yep. of that. Once Commander Malaris is perfected, she is perfected. And there's no going back. So... Um, but you know, even her her ability is not it's not terrible. If you can land the bullseye, it's not so bad to pay a stress to um, for for the earlier flipping or rerolling of blanks. I don't think. Yeah, but I guess the my issue is that you could you could literally buy this card and then on the first shot you take, blow it. Yeah, yeah you could. Right. Like, right. Quite literally, the first thing you throw out there. You throw it at something with three or four evade dice, and it just goes no, and then you've blown your your bubble effect reroll for the entire game. Yeah, I just think you need to be you. You definitely need to be careful when you decide to 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 reroll the blank because it is yep. a may effect. It, it is, is a may ability. ability, correct? Yeah, so that's true. Uh, next up, Agent Terex as a pilot, um, another setup ability. After placing forces, choose any number of your equipped illicit upgrades and equip them to friendly TIE FO or SFs. Each ship can only be assigned one illicit this way. End of game, return all illicit upgrades to their original ships. Uh, really now like here's... Yeah, I really like this ability. I thought it was super Who has cool. illicits in first order? Who has what? I Who has illicit upgrades in first order? I haven't seen the second season of um, Resistance. But, Django. Uh, no, Django's Separatist. He's Separatist. Yeah. Uh, who has elicits in first order? That does. That seems counter thematic. Um, it might be from the TV show. Well, the question, Drew, is who actually has the slot? Oh, no one has the slot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. No, you don't need them. It says, after placing forces, choose any number of your equipped upgrades and equip them to friendly TIE 4 or TIE SF fighter. No, it's equipped. Drew, it's equipped illicit upgrades. Yes, yes, I know. You don't need to have the illicit upgrade on the TIE foe or TIE SF to get it. You just, uh, anything that you give to Terex, Terex gives out to the other ships. Yeah, Terex is going to have an illicit. Yeah, Terex has a a minimum one, it looks like. Yeah, it would be yeah. weird if they had two. But I mean, why would you not? Wouldn't you want to use more than one? Maybe I don't know. I mean, right, like, which is what? why it's like. But I, I drew. I guess I'm asking. Like, doesn't that essentially turn this thing into a one-trick pony? Yeah, it kind of does. But for what it's yeah. worth, it fits the canon for Terex to have two elicits. He's a he is a sketchy dude in the comics. Okay. Um. um so, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's got two, but you're right. That's like, well, you pretty much, uh, you know, you've told me what I'm doing with this ship. That's basically all I'm going to be doing. Not to mention you're moving points off of a very survivable ship into TIE fighters. One of whom has four health and the other one has two evade uh, dice. I mean, the thing about it is, you know, um, move a TIE fighter is about to get shot up and it's in the midst of a scrum and you move your dead man switch onto that TIE fighter. That's pretty sweet. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm down with that. There's some fun stuff you could do with it, I think. But it, I, I agree with you that it's a one-trick pony. But here's the thing, though. at the at w- When is end of game? Like, when does this ability go off? So, for example, Vince, you were talking about putting expensive illicits on TIE fighters. At the end of the game, don't the upgrades go back yeah. to Terex? Yeah, right? Ter- they're charged to Terex regardless. 
Yeah. So, yeah. so you're not wasting points on giving something expensive to a TIE fighter. Yep. Terex is still the one you want to take down if you want to get those points. Correct. That's an, that is interesting. That's a, That's a, that is a good point. Anything like that. But I mean, like, let's, let's be real. We really are talking about contraband cybernetics for the most part, right? Contraband cybernetics. I could see, um, honestly, I could see feedback array with them having a, uh, with them having a shield and so forth. I could see dead man switch. Um, uh, what else? What else you got? Contraband cybernetics or, um, Hey, I was going to say, I, I think there's one that's, that comes in this that we'll talk about in just a second that's that's fairly decent. I've seen a lot of questions about um, Quick Draw with that upgrade. Let me look something up here real quick with the uh, the Type BA. Um, what about the um, – no, what am I looking at? Is it a tech thing? It is a tech slot, isn't it? Cloaking device? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, sure. I, I guess you could – you could cloak. Rig with yeah, you could cloak. Well, uh, with, you could, yeah, uh, wow. Could you? I okay. I, I just I think that it's got the potential to be to be fun, and I think that uh, strong list builders um, they'll need to be careful as they as they release elicits because this is the sort of thing that strong yeah. list builders look at when they try to break the game. Yep, that's fair. Luckily, with nothing coming out for Scum anytime soon, it looks like we're pretty much safe from that. Right, right. Yeah, I do agree with you, Jeff. Feedback array does seem good. I, I thought that there was something with the feedback array and, what is it, the deuterium power cells? Um, But it's the feedback specifically does a damage to the ship, not like you, you deal yourself one face down. You don't, you don't actually suffer... Um, anything from it. I'm thinking 1.0 stuff. Yeah. Also, feedback array hurts yourself, doesn't it? Uh, it does. It gives you a disarm token and an ion token. No, but it damages and you as damage. well. And the damage, yes. And a damage, that's right, yes. Right, so... I don't know. I I, I like Deadman Switch better, theoretically. I, I would go but, with Deadman yeah. if I was going to do it. But I mean, to me, that just screams contraband as loud as humanly possible. The thing about contraband is um, take a take a ship with a talent and take you know fanatical or or uh, proud tradition, or you um, take a pattern analyzer, or a pattern. Well, it's a lot more expensive, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I I don't see a lot in the illicit slot that is going to help tie SFs or tie FOs. Is my point. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I do think cloaking device has potential to break stuff. Um, and a dead man switch and contraband cybernetics probably be the three that, that immediately come out of it. Um, is coaxium hyperfuel? Is that just is that restricted in some way? I believe I that think it's, it's resistance only. I believe. Let me double check. I thought it was restricted literally just to the thing to the the fire spread. Oh no, uh, you have to have you have to have the the slam action. Okay. Yes, that's the that's the thing for it. Gotcha. Okay. Which this Tie Fighter's getting slammed is something I am not looking forward to ever seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Gideon Hask, um, moving over from his Tie Fighter, so he's now joining the club, the uh, Oddball and uh, Anakin Skywalker and five hundred other pilots of uh, multiple ships. He's the how many multi faction pilots are there? Though, like four. Not many. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Han, Lando. This is old Gideon. This is Gideon Husk. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is Gideon from The Mandalorian. Um, when you or a friendly small ship at range 0 to 2 perform a primary attack against a damage defender, if the attacker rolled two or fewer dice, it may gain one strain token to roll one additional die. So I like that ability a lot. Yeah, me too. Um, my only issue with it is that it goes on things that the first order doesn't have, which is things with five or six health. What do you mean? Ships that are, so you're going to run this with, with tie SFs probably. Yeah. Like that's, that's where you're going to get the most value out of this thing. And more often than not, the tie SFs are going to die 
before they get to use this more than once. It's the same reason nobody runs saw. You know what I mean? I, mean, I see. So the average, the average chip that you're shooting at is going to be about four, three to four health. So Gideon getting his ability off is very, it's very rare because usually if you have damage on something, you're either going to kill it or it's an ace and it's going to get away from you. But by that yeah, point, I mean this is this is a direct analog to Gideon's ability in the Tie Fighter, right? You, yeah, yeah it is, it is. Yeah. I agree with you entirely. But it, the. I mean, it's, the, it's more that um, Gideon in a TIE fighter has things around him that shoot at a high enough initiative to use his ability. Whereas First Order really doesn't. I mean, I don't know. I, I think that if you, you could go... Um, I mean, this is... If you're going to run a mini swarm, it, it turns out this is the ship for the mini swarm, right? Yes. So figure Gideon Hask at 41-ish, right? Mm, yeah. I'd look 44. Okay, whatever. But you've got five um, TIE FOs at, uh, at what? Yeah. Five TIE FOs at 130. Um, maybe if he's 44, you've got six TIE FOs at 156. Six TIE FOs, Gideon Hask at 44, boom. I mean, okay. They're they're only PS. They're only a knit one, but um, but that's a that's a Howlrunner effect, right? It is. It is. The other thing is that because of where of like the majority of what you're going to run this with, the strain is really not that big of a downside, right? Because most of the things that are shooting already have already most of the stuff that would shoot at you has shot already, and then yeah. you just blue move the next turn. Also, there's no downside to to giving six ships strain when only one or two ships is going to be shot at, right? So four of those are basically the only cost that you take a blue maneuver next time. Well, uh, right, which is why this is almost like a free, it's it's almost a free reroll. It really is. It's a like free very close. Die, by the way. Free huh? additional die. Uh, that's fair. But it is also, but it's only on two die ships. Yeah, but six, six die of those. I mean, that's scary to me. No, I, I'm not, Jeff, I'm not saying it's not. But my point is, like, it's it's not often that all, that uh, that unless you are the box man, like the guy who knows how to fly formations, Fair. that you are going to be able to put six guys with three dice each on the same target without having to think about, oh, am I going to, am I, do I need to take all six? Do you know what, like, yeah, yeah. is he shooting yeah. after me? Doing it with a medium based ship, which that's always adding something. a medium based ship that is going to catch more than its share of proton torpedoes if you're running Gideon Hask. Regardless, I do think that even 44 at this point, I think 44 is uh, is under. I think it's a good number. I, 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 I would run Gideon Hask at 44. I think it's going to be significantly higher. How Runner is what 41 now? How but Howl Runner is just yeah. a straight reroll with no negatives. They're they're going to use the strain as an excuse to keep this sure. thing as this thing points down. Yeah, yeah. How runner has no real negatives, but how runner's also only three hit points. She's no forty six. She's forty six. Forty six points. Gideon's going to be fifty, man. Fifty easy. Yeah. Nah. Fifty. I easy. can't. I, I find it very hard to justify fifty points for a two die primary. Uh, he's not though. Because Gideon is you or from the ship. You're giving you're giving a red die to everything within range one of you. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's the other, easy. Yep. I was gonna say okay. that's the that's the other thing too. His ability does not like if you have a damaged target, everyone gets it. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. 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 You also got it. Okay. That's fair. I, I, I hope I'm wrong because I'd like to see. First order have a viable swarm like this, but there's there's just there's a for me there's a lot of conditioners on this thing, yeah. For because like it it never works on first order test pilots on, on any silencer. It's never going to work on anything with a special forces gunner. Uh, well, I mean, it would work out the back of a tie SF. You, wow, okay. That's actually something to consider. 
This actually works on both the shots out the back of a tie SF. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which yeah, is the, not bad. That's the, not bad. The biggest drawback is that the ship does need to be does need to be damaged. And as you were pointing out, you're it's it's sort of self-balancing because if you're taking all init ones or twos, then a lot of them are not going to get the benefit because the ship they're shooting at is not being damaged. If, or it's, or they're just going to die before they get to use they get they get the shot on a damaged target. Exactly. So it's sort so, of balancing. So we'll see. I'm curious as to how they how they value this. I'm very. Curious. I do think it. I do think it lets it, it's one of the things that breaks the rule of you always want to be focusing fire. Like this is a this is a card that where you literally don't want to be. Maybe unless you know you can kill it. I don't know. I but again, I, considering how expensive this is, you know, uh, would it be like Kylo or one of the elite, uh, the higher initiative BAs, Gideon, and like two or three generics? But you probably can't fit all of that in a list. Yeah, maybe. Uh, right? It's, it's going to yeah. be interesting. You got the one ace to burn something, or, or you well, know, no, you could go, you it, could right? go Gideon at 50, Kylo at 75, and two SFs. That's easily, you could fit that easy. Yeah. That's barely a one, that's my, that might not even crack 180. Maybe, maybe. It depends on, it depends on Gideon's cost, but I do think that um, Jeff is on the right track. It's got to be somewhere close to the 50s, I think. Okay. But, uh, last up, Commander Malaris in her pilot form. While a ship at while a friendly ship at range zero to two performs a primary attack, if it has one or more blank results, that ship must gain one strain token to re-roll one blank result if able. So you will never see this with other with Kylo ever. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I that's yeah. That's like like I mean, it's. This is not going to be the centerpiece of a first order aces list. I'll put it that way. It's pick your pick your pick your version of re-rolling. Do you want the strain at a damaged target to roll an additional die, or do you want the strain to re-roll their blank result? Malrus seems like an easier version of Hask for the re-rolls. An easier but, version? Well, hold on, easier, but uh, but uh, but at the same time, the what you are, well, it's, it's the same though, because yeah, you're gaining a strain to roll the extra attack die or you're gaining a strain to re-roll a blank, right? Like, yeah. Uh, but I say easier as in it's a higher initiative ship with less hoops to jump through. But It's also not a small. Um, yeah. Malaris also isn't restricted in size. Right. I, I do think an additional attack die is significantly more valuable than re-rolling a re-roll. I think so too, Jeff. It has a better upside, that's for sure. Yeah, I... I I think that it's going to take a lot of careful use to get uh, careful flying to get use out of Malaris. I think that that is a, just a devastating downside. Um, yeah, it's, I agree. It's an upside that's, that's random, which you know competitive tournament players absolutely freaking hate. Yeah. But again, we come back to if you run Malaris with a bunch of small, you know, I1s and 2s, you don't care if you get strained. You just yeah. want that mod. Yeah. I'm, right. that's good like point. this, like here you go. Malaris and just a, all of the Epsilon cadets who have with, um, with uh, adaptive optics. Well, you wouldn't that's have adaptive optics, right? Because uh, 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 adaptive, op um, what is it? Advanced optics because you, you don't mind it. The whole point of advanced optics is they can already flip a blank. Right, but if you roll, you you would have even you would have even more correction. Yeah, you would also yeah. have a choice. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, you could, I advanced optics with Malaris is a is a trap. Uh, okay, you know, I think uh, depending on when they argue that since it's player choice, Jeff, you could argue that you would take optics just to avoid having to take a strain every turn. No, I agree with that, but then you're wasting the the point of taking Malaris, right? I mean, right. It, it's like I, I just – you take one or the other, I think, not, okay. not both. Um, I'm just curious, like – I'm curious as to what the relative pricing is going to be between Mellors and Hask. I, I would value Hask higher, even though he's one, one initiative lower. Oh, yeah, easily. Um, so that's – For 
same effect range, literally the same effect range. They're going to be affecting the majority of the same type of ships because First Order really only flies smalls. Yeah. Um, and it's an extra die instead of a reroll, which that's almost like, like we said, the upside does make one of those infinite, not infinitely, but significantly more valuable than the other. Yeah. See, those are the, the Hask is the one where they might take advanced optics as well as get his benefit. I think Hask is okay. going to be more expensive because the, isn't the, isn't the G class um, a medium base too? So yes. Wallace can't affect herself, but Hask can't affect himself. No, no, you got it backwards. Uh, Hask can't affect himself because he's not a small. Malaris can because she doesn't have a size requirement. Oh, that is correct. My apologies, yes, they are backwards. So Malaris can use her own ability. Hask cannot use his ability. So that does yep. that does sort of offer a little bit of a balance, I guess. But I but, still agree with Jeff mostly. Yeah, Malaris. Malaris' yep, yep. ability just seems to be like, and and I'm okay with that because she is in an at five, and you know it's it's like okay, the ability isn't as good as the middle init abilities. That's fine. With it me. is also a high init coordinate. Yeah, exactly. and a high init and a high init um jam. Yeah, I was gonna say I almost said jank. <laughs> yeah. High init jam. Uh, not, high and not jam is, any, a high init white nasty. jam. Yeah, yep. so I'll I'll, yep. I'll go ahead. Go ahead and take the risk and say that's a pretty good design choice there. 47? Uh, yeah, maybe. Something like that. 46, 47. Which is funny that we were talking about U-Wings and then it turns out that three of the four are going to be the same cost as, as U-Wings with a few with one low, one less shield, one less die, and you know, arguably an inferior dial. Well, we don't know that, but we're assuming, right? Looking at the U, the U. Right, that's what I'm saying. Best, is like yeah. we were talking the about it would be cheaper, and then we we were talking about it being cheaper, and then we're finding all these reasons for it to not be. Mm -hmm. Does the U wing have the force, right? Yes, it does. Okay. The U wing's oh. got everything, man. The U wing's almost got an X wing dial. Does it have the three turn, as you pointed out, or the wait? It does have a three turn, right? No one. You wing has a three heart. I think so. Have I forgotten this? Hang on. I don't. We're stand by. We have, to, we have to verify. I leave for three <laughs> seconds because I'm dying, and now the podcast is gone to garbage. Uh, four, four, oh, yeah. no hard threes. Complete. Yeah, it doesn't have a hard three. I know what I'm talking about. No, no hard three, no hard one. So, um, so yeah, this, this, as you pointed out, even though it's red, it does have the hard three. Yeah. Uh, um. Let's see. What else? We've talked about Agent Terex enough. Do we want to run back over it again? No, I think we're good. All right. Because yeah, I'm... About hooray. Stack calculates or stack jam tokens. Have fun. That's Agent Terex. Also yeah. really good, though. Right? Like, you will definitely... Oh, yeah. It. No, it's, it's good. Uh, yeah. Dude, let's talk about it. Let's just do it. Um, <laughs> Agent Terex's first side is set up, equip this side face up, and place three calculates on this tokens on this card. At the start of the engagement, you may choose a friendly ship at range 0 to 3 and remove one calculate from this card to have that ship gain a magic token. Then if there are no calculates on this card, flip it. Um, nothing okay. bad about that. It's Before we move on, let's let's point out something I mentioned in our last show with Ali. This is another this is another card where you're, you're effectively giving out force to other yep. ships. Yep. Yep. Um I I am really yes. I'm really not liking this trend. I, I really do not like this trend. The moment you said um, that, Jeff, I started thinking, it, are they thinking that like aces are like Jedi are what they want aces to be? Because this is, as you just said, Terex is just giving out force to people. Yeah, I'm worried that they're, that means that they think force is fine. Needs no adjustment. Here's another and, thing we need to worry about. Uh, oh no, never mind. We're good. I just I double checked the silencer and confirmed it doesn't have any bait action. Otherwise, yeah. Kylo is going to be unkillable. I mean, here, well, that was the whole point of taking was it Ember or Hollow, right? So that Hollow can take the evade and pass it to Kylo or the silencers. Oh, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yep, yep, yep. But either way, and either plus way. Kylo plus Hollow is going to have uh, his or her own target lock, and then you just give it a calculate, and now it's double modded itself. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So that's that's a little unfortunate, but it's a calculate. 
and there's only three of them. <laughs> which is significantly less than two or three fourths well, with various regenerative effects over the course of like 12 turns. Yeah, it's less. But then you flip you flip Terex and you get either a force effect um, or a jam effect. Right. During the system, uh, Agent Terex cyborg form, which is his flip when you run out of calculates. During the system phase, roll one attack die. On a hit or crit, gain a calculate. On a blank or a focus, gain a jam. And then you can spend your action to transfer a calculate or a jam to a ship at range zero to three. So there's that, there's that zero to three jam again. Shout out Hondo. Yeah. Do we do we feel like maybe they they forgot to say to a friendly ship? No. Nope. Then he's going to be expensive. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, hold on. Take a look at this. As far as a, as far as competition goes, most games currently are anywhere from six to eight turns. For having double mods or double actions for those three or four turns with Terex, especially on his flip side, being able to give jam out to any ship at range zero to three, that's ridiculous. He is going to be extremely expensive, I think. He's going to be expensive. He, he could be the, the, the first order 14 or 16 point crew card. Yep. Because yeah. he's not also not that far from Palpatine. Also true. Like with, with his range ability, he's not that far from Palpatine. Now, he does have to, in order to do that, in order to pass his Calculate or Jam, he does have to give up an action. So that is... That's this is true. But you could put Terex on Thanison. Yeah. Oh, that's nasty, dude. There you go. Oh, Thank you. That is nasty. Here, let me... Shoot me with your I-6. Uh, uh, yeah, never. Bang. Here, yeah. let me jam your I-5. Or let me jam your I-6 before mine shoots back. Wow. That's not even... I mean... In a lot of cases, you don't even want to shoot Thanison with your I one because people in the, well, you don't want to shoot Thanison in the first place, exactly. Oh, oh, that's nasty! Wow. Yeah, wow. it costs a lot. Uh, yeah, probably that. That looks like a 15, 15 16 because it's two sided. Well, let's just say fourteen to sixteen cover our bases. All right, well, that works for me. Uh, next up, we talked about Commander Pyre previously, but we'll run back over it. Another setup effect. Jesus Christ. Um, after placing forces, choose one enemy ship. It gains two stress tokens. While you defend, if the attacker is stressed, you may reroll one defense die. So this is a nice little buff for... Wow, did I say it already? Thanison? Um Basically, I, I, what? Like a demi-reinforce for Thanison? I don't really get this. I mean, are, is FFG trying to slow games down? There's already so much incentive not to not to YOLO across the board, and now you're putting two stress on somebody. I think it's uh, I I read this card as it's meant to restrict the movement of somebody's ace. Yeah, but mm. really, Kylo. It doesn't yeah. Kylo. It doesn't restrict. It restricts Suntir from a five, and that's it. He can still do a four. With doesn't. The A wing at all doesn't restrict. Well, it restricts them in that they can't take actions after their first, uh, after on their first turn. Meaning that they right. they either have a choice to slow roll and burn the tokens off, in which case you can close all the angles in, or they try to go fast. Was it and meant, well, what? Yeah, sorry. Was it meant for droids? There are so many lists with droids that have anywhere from six to eight ships. And it takes a turn or two to really get into formation that that does cause a lot of barrel rolling. And so I'm yeah, wondering that's with... Actually, that's actually, that's a good point, Drew. Um, yeah. Just, just, was, just think off the top of my head, but there's the thing. It's one ship gaining two stress tokens. It, in, in a list with seven to eight ships, giving the two, excuse me, giving the two stress to one of them isn't really going to cause a lot if of you damage. Gave it, especially if, if you gave part, it to like the middle guy in a swarm column, it could fuck it up. If you were able yeah, to like I mean, reveal that you had this yeah. card before the game, like at, right as the game started, that would be pretty significant. But your opponent knows that you're going to have this when they set up, so they're going to be able to plan for it. I think that in any event, I think that the primary value of this card is the second clause. While you defend, if the attacker is stressed, you can reroll one defense die. Right. Um, I think that that's the primary value. I, I would put this card at like three to four points. I was going to say three to five at the most, I think. Yeah, that sounds fair. 
Uh, and now we get to the new two, the two new cards that we haven't seen. Uh, the first tech is the Sensor Buoy Suite. It's a first order, medium, or large. Uh, another setup effect. Jesus, is that five? It's a lot. One, two, three, four. That's five setup effects in seven cards. Um, before placing forces, place two Sensor Buoy remotes beyond range two of any edge. Before you engage, you may acquire a lock on a ship at range zero to one of a friendly sensor buoy ignoring range restrictions. So that's really actually extremely good. Do you think so? I do because remember the tie episode that tie FOs have target locks. Yeah. I just, I, I feel like the, the setup effect is going to make these very easy to shoot down. You're basically. Well, right. Yeah. You would shoot them. You know? Uh, yeah. I, I agree with you, Jeff. You're going to just shoot him. So. I mean, the, if the effect goes off, I agree it's very strong. I just don't. are they shootable? Do we know that they're well, remotes? So yes, so probably. Okay. okay. You you can always shoot remotes. Now, one thing you could do with them that might make them worthwhile is you can place them in a, a portion of the map where you don't necessarily want your opponent to go and if they do you have this little bit of an advantage if they retreat to that area for instance or whatever um so maybe that's something i i think probably what you're going to do is overlap you're you're either going to overlap these like put them right next to each other so that if you know they either have a choice of deploying where they want to or or you know, being forced to deploy like along a board edge where they don't have as much room, yeah. and just flying away from them. I, I they look like area denial to me. Yeah, and I doubt these move since they're called boys. They probably don't move. The no, way. they probably don't. They don't have a move mechanic. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. But yep. it's interesting. Like, like I, it's interesting. I think if you're what you're one thing you are you would have to look out for is ships with turrets are going to just go eat and blast them that's what um, people are going to do it in general if we're just going to blast them it's, it's yeah like, just going to shoot them they're, it's only don't... no you're good my apologies um anyways the sensor would for the sensor we suite um as far as competition goes um it's before you engage right so you could easily use these um uh with like an ace right so yeah. my ace at six right. is going to get a target lock and then yeah. you're gonna blow it up. Yeah, but arguably. They, I'm just I'm just trying to throw it out there. Are they worth it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you, Drew, but it's like right? somebody could just shoot the thing at I6. Oh, oh no, 100 percent 100 percent But that's what I was thinking. The first <laughs> thing I thought of was like, well, I hope you brought an ace to kill it, because if you didn't, my ace is gonna have a target lock, right? Like Well, they also have to be remember the thing, the ship that that you're taking a lock on also has to be at zero to one of the buoy. Ignoring oh, yeah. your range restrictions. Oh yeah, it's not. So you can also just fly the fuck away from this thing. Well, that's also what I was going to ask next. Is like, how big is this? Have we seen the? I mean, obviously we can look at the token spread to see loosely how large it is. But if it's not that big, then what's the point, right? That's like, a good question. Let's. Uh... Oh the oh wow this preview article doesn't actually have it on there. Is there anything well, tech that doesn't have target lock? Is there any what? So, okay, so first thing I want to point out is this is acquire lock. So it, it isn't red for the G-Class shuttle. When the, if they do manage to get a target lock from this, it's a, it's a free lock. It's not red. Yes. The yes. second thing is if there are ships with tech that aren't in first order that don't have target lock, and I don't think there are, but if there are, then this is a free lock. With the capability that they would not normally, it only have. only first order can have this. This is first order only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that you know, that's something. It might be worth just the the your point about high initiative um, aces is a good one, Drew. But notice that it, even for the aces to use it, the other player has to get within range zero to one of it. Right. Oh, that's yeah. What I said no, yeah. Vince just said that too. It's like, yeah. then that's why I was asking, how big are they? Because if they're not very big, then they're not going to be very useful. Yeah. You just fly away from it. They're just going to be, they're going to be bomb sized. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So if it's area denial, then, and yeah, but even then bomb size, you can get up, you know, range two to of it and then just blow it up. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. Well, no, well, you could, if right. you're a high enough initiative, you just go to range one of it and blow it up. Also true. 
the last one we're looking at is automated target priority, which is a uh, tech slot initiative three or lower, no faction um, limitation. So when you perform an attack, you must choose a defender at the closest valid attack range. So there's already our first, uh, the first rules lawyering that's going to be done at this. Does that mean range banned or does that mean physical range? So um, this is this has been an issue with ships long before. This is the target, the closest target in attack range in your arc that you can shoot at. No, it's it's going to be range banned. You have if you've got a choice between two targets in range one, either one will work. If you have a choice between okay. target in range one and range two, uh, range one has to go. Um, the reason for that is that yes, it's going to be an absolute freaking nightmare to judge if it went the other way, and that cannot, yeah, can't be the yep. intent. Now, one yep. thing I want to point out: we can I have, finish the card. No. Okay, just asking. Go ahead. All right. After you perform an attack that missed, place one calculate token on this card. Before you engage, you may remove one calculate token from this card to gain a matching token. So are we going to see like an army of like four of these things? I'm trying to figure out doing that. Like, what 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 has tech slots? It is fascinating. It's I mean it's SFs. Um, I I just the thing that I was going to say was we have. On this show, and me personally, because I actually, I don't know if you guys knew this, but I actually once designed an entire expansion where the intent was to up the medium init ships uh, and and uh, even them out with high init ships in terms of the abilities and stuff. Um, and when I was doing that, my whole thing was, how do I organically make abilities that are more valuable on lower init ships? And FFG just flat out said, "We're just gonna we're just gonna go by the numbers. You just if if you're a skilled pilot, you just can't take this." They've never done that before. Hmm. I like this though. I, yeah, I think it's gonna be swarmy, and it's got to be pretty expensive then because you don't want to have too many ships with it, right? Because again, it's I mean, that would lack. depend on. Uh, it would be. Yes, Drew, I agree. This You know what this is actually be really scary on? This actually is kind of scary on Thai FOs. Um, because if they miss, they don't really care because they're just adding a mod for the next turn, and they do have an evade. Yep, yep. So missing long-range attacks with a bunch of FOs is not really going to be that scary because it just makes you harder to kill the next turn. I think... Which, is why the Sanar Jane... I, I think four silencers. Oh. <laughs> why did you say that? I mean, it depends on how I much... I hate you. you. We were all thinking it except for you, Vince. Uh, I wasn't thinking about the silencer. No, fuck I, that. That could be hideous. Oh, man. If it's two points, that's four silencers, baby. It's not. No. They're not going to give you, you know, they're not going to give you regenerating calculate tokens for two points. Get the fuck, no. <laughs> nah. Get the fuck on. You take that on down the road, Jeff. I don't want no part of that. Freddy Krueger says that's what's going to happen. Oh, Jesus is that Christ. Our, is that our token fangs out moment? Get out of here. Get yeah. the fuck, yeah. Um... All right, let's let's think about if you were to put this. And now let's just let's go through the thought experiment because you guys are going to make me do this. Um, hang on, let me pull up. Yeah, and that's first the order, who, by the way, has a super underrated logo. Can we point that out? I love the starburst. Um, despite the fact that it's got fo art on it, any any ship with a tech slot can take this, right? Yes. At least, at least as far as we know. I mean, sure. It doesn't oh, have sweet Jesus! It. Wait a minute. I have to go look at resistance. Stand by. Can you just take it on A wings? I was. That's exactly where I was going with this. Yeah, I. But A wings don't miss, and you don't want to give up optics. I mean, do they though? Because like you're, and there's the other thing too. Jeff and Vince is like, is your opponent going to choose to spend the token to dodge it, knowing that next turn you're going to have a calculate token, with the target lock, right, or with a focus? 
It would make it easier for A-wing pilots to take evades. Right, right. I. But they already A-wings already have enough trouble doing damage in a lot of games. I'm not sure that reducing that, that even further is a good idea. Yep, yep. Dude, I'm no. telling you, silencers and uh, two Saner Jameis engineers and Rush and lots of other good stuff. Holy cow. I, I dislike you right now. This card is so. What do you think, Jeff? Do you think it's going to be more expensive, or do I, you think it's going to be cheap? I am baffled. I, I just, I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like so. You must choose. So, like the the reason for that that clause is so that you can't deliberately miss. Right? You can't shoot at the guy range three behind the gas cloud when there's yeah. a guy right in front of you. Um, who you could, who you could quarter. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, misses happen. I, I would hope, I would hope that this was somewhere in the vicinity of five points. That's what I was thinking. Anywhere from three to five, because you don't want it to be too expensive, and you also don't want it to be too cheap. Yeah. You they they could realistically limit the amount of swarms you could put this on just with its price. Yeah. Like if you made it so that there was no list in the game that could take more this more than five times without it being prohibitively expensive, I think yeah. you'd be fine. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's why I immediately went to silencers because I don't think you can keep it off three silencers. And depending on no, depending. But remember, on it's only three or lower. Yeah, yeah, but depending on the cost, you could get like if it's four. Ooh, does it? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's the the be it the uh? I was sure. Yeah, that's that was yeah. Nasty. That's actually. I bet you that's where this is gonna go. Nasty. Yeah, I think five points. Yeah, think about think about it like this. If let's say that you're you're flying this, you're uh flying a tie a tie ba, and you decided to take your target lock. And then take your strain, but then take an evade just to offset the strain. And then you miss with your attack and you save the the target lock. The next turn you're coming in with target lock uh, target lock calculate and you can still take another evade. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Does that make so here's an here's a question about that. Does that make the provocateur a viable ordnance carrier? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. But this could also be an initiative based, right? So it's like not at I three or lower. Are you? I mean, are you sure? Because yeah, more, what, the what more benefit? initiative you get, the more you, the more use you get out of it, because you can have more ships, right? Yeah, but on the other hand, you're you're bothering to print initiative I three or lower instead of just saying it costs four 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 twenty twenty twenty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, Cost it, you might as well just do that. Also, you don't ever want you, you would never put this on something high initiative because the necessity of it being that high is that you do pick and choose your own targets for your own protection. Right. It's an interesting card. I'm gonna give them that. I'm a little bit this one scares me a little bit. Jeff, three of these cards have scared you. Uh, yeah, but let's be I, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm a pussy, so yeah. I mean, let's just be clear. No, you're Jeff. You're just our resident chicken little. You're something chicken that person. can take a beating. That's right. Flexible. I'm gonna take mute you, Drew. <laughs> you started it. I mean, I mean, I didn't. I don't, I don't. He did. I don't believe. I don't. I don't think we should have said that. But anyways, that's yes. That <laughs> yes, Drew. That's getting edited. Y yarp. Yarp. You just. <laughs> um. I am overall, I am pretty happy with this expansion. I am, but I am worried about a couple of cards. I was going to say, I, I just, I guess I just don't like that it doesn't proc with Hux. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Jeff. There's a couple of cards that, that do scare me a little bit, but at the same time, they can be offset by points cost. And I think that that's the first time I've ever seen a couple of cards where I was like, wow, that's really good. But in the, with the right price range, and the right, at the right price point, you can sort of mediate how many things, right? Like how many, how much you can abuse it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I really like I, I I would say of all the cards here that I think are going to be useful, I'm going to argue that um, Malaris the pilot, Terex in Cyborg, and the Sensor Booyah are probably going to be the ones you see the most. Really? Yeah, I disagree completely. Yeah, the only one the only one I agree with is Terex and the Cyborg. Interesting. Okay. Um, I think we're going to see Gideon Hask. Um, I think we're going to... Uh, I, I, I just think that the damage requirement is yeah. is problematic. Yeah, I just I don't... I mean, it's a, it's a balancer. It's not it's so that it doesn't always work. But What if you see a list with Terex and Gideon and you give your Initiative 2 or Initiative 1 mooks um, what's it called? Feedback array to just automatically trigger the damage. I mean, maybe. No, maybe. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just I just, How do, what does feedback array have to do with the other two is my question. Well, you give the, the ship a damage, right? So you trigger Gideon. And then you have, um, what's his name, to give out the, okay. the, illicit, the illicit to give the feedback. I don't know. I'm just... I'm just spitballing here. Like maybe you'll see that, or someone will test it. Depending on how I, I don't they think are, you're ever going to see two Kai, two of these shuttles together. Okay, okay. I think we're going to see. I think it's interesting. We have almost no overlap. I think we're going to see Gideon Hask. I think we're going to see the Commander Malaris, the crew card, Agent Terex, the crew card. Depending on wildly depending on cost, Pyre, the crew card. And yeah. Yep. Automated yep. target priority. I think we're going to see at least at the beginning, people are going to be experimenting the hell out of that one. Yeah, I, I I actually really like Pyre because of because of what you can do to Aces. Like if you put Pyre on Vader, he ain't really going that far outside of you know he's either going slow or he's going to go fast to try to proc uh, burners to to not get boxed in. Those are really his only options. The tie advanced dial doesn't go very far. It's four, four straights blue. I just right, that, but you, you the, the the turnout. You're still stressed. Yeah, I know. I just uh, it it does it just doesn't seem that like that big a deal to me. It's I can like, tell you, I'd be afraid of it on wedge. And and again, I, I want to point out it's weird because it it slows the game. It slows down engagement, which just seems like the last thing FFG should want to do. I think when you combine this with like a lot of FOs, where you're still able to move fast, but you know that they're restricted in movement, I don't see any downside to using it. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. I like Pyre, but I like Pyre only because I hate Imperial Aces. Shout out Whisper. I like uh, Pyre because of the second clause. I like the Pyre. Also, you know, actually, wait, no, no, no. You know who would this would hurt? Redline. Yes. Right. No, okay. no, no, it's it's the, the it's a bigger ship, meaning that you are a little bit more secure in where it can go, and you can get into range of it faster. And yeah. it's not, you know, it's going to have to go slow to get these tokens off, meaning that you have control of where it can go, and with something that's like speed 4 with a boost, or just speed 5, you can get inside torpedo range before he has a chance to take his locks on you. Yeah, just keep in mind that he's going to know you've got fire. So, yeah. you know, he's going to... Remember, up. this is after placement. I know, but he's going to set up with the possibility that you're going to select fire. That's... Yeah, select that's fair. Fire. So... But I mean, that's that's the that's the the back and forth whenever you take an after effect. I am I am curious about. Uh, yeah, it's never going to happen. But I, <laughs> I, I, Pyre would be really. Think how interesting a card Pyre would be if if your opponent didn't know that you had him. That's what I. That's what I was saying. Was that, that would be could, that would be you cool. Could spring it on your opponent. It would be really good. Yeah. But when you walk up to a table and your opponent knows you have it. He's not going to do anything because your opponent's you going to be able yeah. to reposition out of it. Drew, as usual, is correct. I didn't hear what Drew said. Sorry. He just he, he basically said like uh, he would be just a lot 
a lot more valuable in the abstract if your opponent didn't know you had him. Oh, I would. It, as a Warhammer Fantasy used to have used to have this. Uh, we called it closed lists, where you would have upgrades on your on different uh, characters that people didn't know you had until you went surprise. Mother, I just dropped it on them. I would love to see that in X Wing. That would be hysterical. <laughs> I've actually toyed with the idea of running a campaign or running a campaign, running a tournament, a small local store tournament where everything is secret. And in fact, it's so secret that that you caution the players don't don't go look at other lists. Don't shout out things that are happening at your table. We want we want people to be surprised by these lists. Um, yeah. I considered doing that before, and I think that that would make sort of a fun uh Fun that's, tournament. That's really you know cool what the problem with that is? Caleb Wong is never allowed to play on stream again because his lists literally make people yell. <laughs> oh punch. Um they do that, that's a that's a lot of the ploys in um like the TIE Fighter game, right? Like you're going out somewhere to fight something and you don't know what the ships have on them, right? Or like equipped and all that. Yep. It could be fun. I I think it would be cool for, you know one-off events uh it would probably wreak havoc with competitive but you know oh, there's always something to be said for that too no this is this is definitely a tightly controlled small event variant tournament sort of thing um, yeah for sure i just think it would be fun to do once. i agree yeah but all right guys um i'm surprised we managed to stretch this into a full-length episode but i'm glad we did Let's go ahead and uh, wrap it up here. Do you guys Drew, want one, Jeff, go ahead and sign off. Do you want one last thing before we sign off? Yes, I do. So I just found this out from some of the Fly Better guys. The Razor Crest name for the Lego set of Have the Star Wars ship. It's the Continental. Uh, yeah, they are yeah, having I, yeah. um, issues with uh, a German Lego company that has copyrighted the name razor crest um you're kidding so so the only reason why i'm mentioning this is because in new zealand the ship the the the, the set is called um i think it's called the razor crest but uh in the united states they the 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 set has been taken down and is being rebranded as the mandalorian bounty hunter transport yep um That's so oh, God. those of us who were hoping that we might get the Razor Crest for X Wing soon, this will probably push it back if it hasn't. I don't think it has. There been any announcement for it. I think they mentioned that they want to do stuff with the Mandalorian, but I don't think we've seen any product as far as X Wing you know, or anything else that they've got. I you thought it was going to be. I thought there was one ship that people were guessing was going to be called was going was the name for the Razor Crest, and it was the Continental class. Didn't I say that in one of the um, one I of the I, I seem to remember looking at a picture of it on FFG's website. I just looked it up before I mentioned this to you guys, just to double check myself to make sure that like I wasn't talking out my butt. But well, do you, do you know anything about the circumstances of why this that why this other company chose to copyright uh, Razorcrest? Um, because they have their own version of the ship. So they copyrighted it because uh, Lego, or I guess Lucasfilm, doesn't own the trademark for it in Europe. Um, well, so they trademarked it in Europe. They trademarked it or did they copyright it? Uh, sounds like they trademarked it. My apologies. So that's interesting. Because... Everyone get ready for another episode of uh, legality, legal termination, uh, terminology with Jeff Wilder. Right. Sorry. I didn't want to like start another episode on this, but I just figured I'd mention it to you guys. Cause though I'm really excited to see the razor crest in X wing, if we're going to get it. And it sounds like this would, would push it back, especially because the U S and Canada sets are being renamed, even though the trademark was in Europe. Yeah. I suspect that Lucasfilm is going to push back because intellectual, there's a lot of reciprocity and in intellectual property law across the pond. And if, if they basically trademark Razorcrest with the effect of preventing Lucasfilm who created the freaking thing from being able to market proper uh, uh, products with that name, 
then there's a there's a decent chance Lucasfilm will press back and pressure the the EU to say, yeah, no, you can't you can't really do that. Now mm-hmm. I'm not a, I don't have a whole lot of experience in intellectual property law, but I suspect that that Disney is is going to push that pretty hard because that's that's pretty low. And it at is. the very least, keep in mind that Disney could say, you know what, you can do this. But when your license comes up for renewal, don't hold your breath. Right. Yeah. Right. But either way, things to think about for until next episode. <laughs> Definitely. And uh, thanks for bringing that up for everybody who was looking forward to something cool for Christmas. Uh, copyright law says fuck you. Um, let's go ahead and end the show there. Guys, go ahead and sign off for real this time. Thank you, Jeff. Have a good one. And we will talk to you all again soon.